this border is no longer open. If you want to come to America, apply, do it lawfully. We admit 1.1 million people a year to lawful permanent status in America. So let's don't do it illegally, let's do it legally, and we're going to get this thing done. That's a very, very terrible thing that's going on in the world today, but it looks uh, like another terrorist attack and uh, what can you say it just never ends we have to be strong and we have to be vigilant it's time to make america great again join the movement The Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. Time to dream big. Informative, insightful, and valiant leadership. Telling it the way it is to make a difference. All right, Thursday, April 20th, 2017, the Neil A. Caruso Show Podcast. We're back over 50 episodes already, so thanks for Tuning in, a very busy news day in terms of foreign policy, national security. Um, we have a terrorist attack in Paris today that uh, the Islamic State did claim responsibility for. But I want to start in North Korea since that's been uh, the big topic of, uh, of the last week. And President Trump did comment on it today. And I'll let you hear from the president uh, who uh, was at the White House today with the, uh, president, the prime minister of uh, Italy uh, today at uh, at the White House in Washington. So uh, it was asked by North Korea. Now, North Korea, in, a, uh, in their uh, official newspaper for the Workers' Party there, uh, said this statement, In the case of our super-mighty preemptive strike being launched, it will completely and immediately wipe out not only U.S. imperialist invasion forces in South Korea and its surrounding areas, but the U.S. mainland and reduce them to ashes. And there's a quote coming from North Korea today. Um, they continue to threaten the United States. Uh, they continue to uh, threaten our democracy. And at this point, listen, I've said it. I've heard the suggestions coming from uh, generals and from the uh, top officials uh, here in the U.S. saying uh, it is very hot. Now, listen, China has to come through. And, you know, diplomatically, we need China. And Trump talked about that. And I'll comment more on that in a second. But in terms of um, Kim Jong-un, who we don't know uh, what his intentions are, if he has the capability. We know he has nuclear weapons. We don't know um, how far they can reach, if they can reach our homeland. Not something you want to take a risk on. Uh, at this point, it's uh, it may be wise to seek his removal from North Korea, being that he, and I mean by assassination, folks, um, because now the U.S. wouldn't do that. It would be at the hands of China, as we've discussed on this podcast earlier this week and last week. Um, you have someone so ruthless and someone so damaging to the human life, uh, it's something that we have to take seriously. Um, here's what President Trump had to say about North Korea today when he was asked at the White House. I believe this question was from uh, John Roberts of Fox News. In fact, yeah, it was because he had a three-part question. This is the part of North Korea that President Trump answered. He was asked about Iran as well. We talked about the nuclear deal yesterday, and President Trump said they're not holding up their end of the bargain. Unfortunately, we've already given billions of dollars to Iran, and they've gotten all the sweets from the deal already. Uh, it was interesting, though, right before he answered this on North Korea, uh, Trump was at, or the uh, Italian uh, leader was asked about um about the uh, about using about sending uh, money for NATO, their commitment, not spending, not uh, giving their full commitment, and President Trump said, "You know, I'd be interested to hear how you answer that because I'm going to ask you about that." So I found that funny, and it's true. I mean, President Trump's not going to back down to anybody, even Italy, which has no, uh, you know, in terms of foreign policy, that's uh, not uh, on the top priority. But nevertheless, he's at the White House and he's asked by uh, Fox News. Senior White House correspondent John Roberts about North Korea, and this is what the Commander-in-Chief had to say. As far as North Korea is concerned, we are uh, in very good shape. We're building our military rapidly. A lot of things have happened over the last short period of time. I've been here for 
approximately 91 days. We're doing a lot of work. We're in very good position. Uh, we're going to see what happens. Uh, I can't ask your answer your question on stability. I hope the answer is a positive one, not a negative one. Uh, but uh, hopefully that will be something that gets taken care of. Uh, I have great respect for the president of China. As you know, we had a great summit in Florida and Palm Beach and got to know each other and I think like each other. I can say from my standpoint, I liked him very much. I respect him very much. And I think he's working very hard. I can say that all of the pundits out there are saying they ne never have seen China work like they're working right now. Many coal ships have set back. Many other things have happened. Uh, some very unusual moves have been made over the last two or three hours. And uh, I really have confidence that the president will try very hard. We don't know whether or not they're able to do that, but I have absolute confidence that he will be trying very, very hard. And one of the reasons that uh, we're talking about trade deals and we're talking about all of the different things, but we're slowing up a little bit. I actually told him, I said, you'll make a much better deal on trade if you get rid of this menace or do something about the menace of North Korea, because that's what it is. It's a menace right now. It certainly is a tough talk from the president, although he's been restraining himself in criticizing North Korea because, listen, they yield a lot of uh, weaponry. And frankly, we can't mess with them too much in terms of ramping up the rhetoric. And uh, it's a difficult situation because the guy is the fat kid that's running North Korea is absolutely nuts, bona fide nuts. Um, tensions uh, continue to mount there. Uh, North Korea regime... Uh, released a propaganda video over the weekend that showed a uh, simulated nuclear missile attack destroying an unidentified American city. A uh, cemetery, an American flag, appeared with the flames superimposed over the footage. So North Korea is encouraging its people that uh, America is bad, that we need to bring the U.S. down. And unfortunately, what you have to realize here is President Trump has to act on this, that they're waging war on us. It's not the other way around. It's like ISIS and the Islamic State, that they've waged war on our American values. That's exactly what North Korea has done. But North Korea has not only waged war on America, they've waged war on all freedom and democracy. They control what their citizens see. Now, China's got to step up here. Now, President Trump did mention Xi Jinping again and said that, you know, we have a good relationship. I told him, well, forget about the trade deficit, the $337 billion in uh, trade deficit that uh, we have with China. We'll forget about that. We'll turn a blind eye, but you have to help us with North Korea. And uh, President Trump is revealing a lot in how he's been working with Xi Jinping of China and saying, you know, uh, you control the, a lot of their economy, responsible for a lot of their um for their imports, um, you have to cut them off. You have to act. Um, and uh, their oil reserves. So, can, you know, cut North Korea off. I mean, listen, you would think that China uh, would would be more um, willing <laughs> to, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I know they're a communist regime, but you would think that they would uh, want to support uh, America in this effort, that their interests lie better with cutting North Korea off before they wage war, a nuclear war on the world. You would think that they that they would support, you know, that basically common sense dictates that you would support any type of freedom in that region. When you're dealing with North Korea and this uh, Kim Jong-un threatening to launch nuclear weapons, and demolish the U.S. mainland and South Korea. How do you think South Koreans are feeling? So this is something that North Korea is at the top of the priority, but it's been pushed down the road. The can has been kicked down the road for the past eh, five administrations. So that's where we're at, and because of pushing the can down the road, and it goes back to you know Clinton and probably before that, um, you're dealing with a situation that is much worse than it had to be. President Trump's dealing with a lot of problems. Not just North Korea. He's got Iran. 
He's got other places. He was asked about Libya today, in fact. And on Libya, um, he was asked, well, you know, do, do American interests dictate that we have to intervene in Libya? Well, this is what Mr. Trump had to say. Now, keep in mind, the Syria attack, where he, the chemical weapons attack, that changed his mind in terms of, um, in terms of how we have to uh, get involved in other nations. So he was asked specifically about Libya, and this is what President Trump had to say about intervention in other areas. I do not see a role in Libya. I think the United States has right now enough roles. We're in a role everywhere. So I do not see that. I do see a role in getting rid of ISIS. We're being very effective in that regard. Okay, so you heard it. It's still America first. It's still we're not going to intervene in everyone's conflict. But when it deals with ISIS, when it deals with um, a chemical weapons attack on their own people, that, you know, is going to result in refugees coming into our country and threatening our national security because ISIS will take advantage of that. Um, then our interests lie in launching a missile attack or in intervening in some way and providing um, relief to those who are being persecuted there. Now, ISIS today taking responsibility for this Paris attack. A police officer was killed and two others seriously injured when this gunman, this radical Islamist, opened fire on uh, a Paris before he was shot dead. French prosecutors have opened a terrorism investigation into the attack on the officers, which uh, took place at 8.50 p.m. local time. Uh, of course, uh, this earlier this afternoon, uh, today, uh, Eastern time in New York. Um, Paris prosecutor said authorities have identified the gunman as a 39-year-old, did not name him publicly. Officials are still assessing whether he had accomplices the gunman used an assault rifle and at least one location in the eastern Paris suburbs is being searched as officials work to learn more about the information about the attacker. Like I said, the Islamic State group has taken responsibility for this. And then, you know, I'm seeing some of the reports about this. And I see, you know, the BBC reports um, uh, so-called Islamic State. Uh, it's not so-called Islamic State. Maybe self-proclaimed Islamic State, like Bernie Sanders is a self-proclaimed socialist, but not so-called Islamic State. See, what they want to do here is distract from the fact that this attacker used his religion and his radical ideology in the name of Allah to do this attack. Those are, and listen, the, that's the fact, no matter how you slice it. And this is why on yesterday's podcast, I discussed in very uh, heavy detail about this radical Islamic ideology and how it's being covered up and how it's being portrayed so differently in the mainstream media than the reality of it. That in, in the end run will hurt us because if you don't name the enemy, if you don't understand that there is a radical uh, fashion of this, uh, faction I should say, of this um, Islamic faith, that they do it based on the um, interpretation to be exact of the Quran, then you are ignorant. You have to understand that the that this radical ideology has to be defeated before you can truly defeat the evil that the self-proclaimed Islamic State um, promotes and propagates. And as they persecute Christians and Jews, as they decapitate people, and as they seek to um, take over territory and launch a caliphate in the Middle East, you know, you're doing a disservice by mislabeling this and, and not understanding what this is. Because no matter if, and you know, the the reporting that um, they, ISIS claims that it was a soldier— it doesn't matter whether they claim it or not. What matters is the ideology that this guy was inspired somehow. And whether it was watching, you know, the Muslim cleric speeches like the Boston Bombers did, or whether it is 
inspired by propaganda online, and this is where social media can be very dangerous, um, they're inspired somehow. They are ISIS. They are radical Islamists, and they do it in the name of their religion. They're either vulnerable and they get inspired by this, this crap or whatever it may be. But the problem here is that you have a radical ideology that's not being dealt with and not being, uh, not being discussed honestly. And this is why, and we're going to talk later a little bit about Senator Elizabeth Warren, who was on The View, and, and how they still cannot just accept the reality that Mr. Trump is president. Pocahontas! And, and um, you know, they can't accept that. And the liberals are, are totally focusing on the wrong things. When you have terrorism so rampant, okay, and you have, as a result, a lot of times of immigration in Europe, and France, by the way, has an election coming up, and this election could be a referendum on nationalist policies that will have France eventually, and I hope they do, leave the European Union. And if they leave the European Union, like Tanisha Tingle-Smith, the former State Department official who has been on this program twice, has told me, that would be the end of the EU. Meaning, it would be an end to open borders. It would be an end of immigration, illegal immigration, illegal, flowing into our country, the U.S., or flowing into European countries without any regulation. And that's why you're seeing General John Kelly and, and Attorney General Sessions at the border today. Um, and uh, they're discussing defense uh, uh, secretary, or excuse me, uh, Homeland Security Secretary uh, General John Kelly uh, with the Attorney General. You're seeing them at the border today saying, listen, We've already deterred people from coming across, making the dangerous trek, and bringing in drugs and crime and MS-13 gang members. Uh, what did he say in the intro clip? 10,000 MS-13 gang members in our country? Um, and they're flowing in, or they were flowing in. Well, now because of some tough talking and some uh, reality and the end of political correctness that has really held us back for years, and because people can't talk honestly about these issues— and because people get offended so easily and, you know, they almost need to uh, crawl into their safe spaces to be able to handle anything uh, without being open and honest about it, you're just going to have more and more of these type of uh, dangerous attacks on our nation and on the world. And this Paris attack, now we don't know whether this is an immigrant or not, but we know that France has seen a rampant terrorism. I mean, since the attack on Char Charlie Hebdo, in January 2015, there have been 11 terrorist attacks in France, with 230-plus innocent people being killed and over 800 people wounded. And that's just in France since 2015. So France is a mess, and frankly, I've said it before, you can't pay me to leave this country because of what's going on, especially in Europe. So... Um, you know, it is an increasingly dangerous world. And unless we are able to talk honestly about these issues, honestly about the ideology and report fairly, we're not going to defeat this. And that's just where it starts on the ground level. And then it's really sending the message and, and frankly, bombing the crap out of ISIS, which President Trump has already started to do, killing 94 or somewhere around 100 ISIS militants in uh, the in Afghanistan, which is which was an ISIS stronghold uh, since 2015. So we're making progress uh, on that front, and you know immigration, uh, a big key that uh, Jeff Sessions and uh, John Kelly were uh, there in El Paso, Texas today, warning that uh, illegal immigrants. You know, they're coming in across the border. Don't come unless you're going to come here legally because we will send you back. Um, now, you know that DACA story that uh, we discussed yesterday, and I believe the day before too when it came out, but um, the kid, whatever his name is, I don't even, you know, I don't have him in front of me, but I want 
the fact that we're talking about immigration, I want to bring this up because more is coming out about that um, that kid that was supposed to be protected uh, by DACA, the Deferred Action uh, for uh, Children, who came in at under a certain age, which was enacted under uh, President Barack Hussein Obama. And the DACA, uh, what it says is that you have to, you're allowed to stay in the country and you're protected and your parents are allowed in here. But if you break the law, you're a criminal like everyone else. So the kid should have been really on, on his best behavior. By the way, I don't know. It's not that hard to not break the law, right? I don't know why people seem to just break the law so easily. But anyway, uh, four convictions for this kid. And he then eventually was uh, caught um, and... Uh, and he also left the country, by the way. He had left the country, which is, you can't leave the country. When you're here as a DACA citizen, you can't, uh, not citizen, but in under DACA, you cannot leave. He crossed, went to Mexico and then came back in and crossed the border illegally. So not only did he have four convictions, he also illegally crossed the border and he's in under this, I would say, controversial DACA act. You know, people say controversial over everything. Obviously, DACA is pretty controversial because you're allowing people to come in here without, you know, now I get it. These kids didn't have a choice to come here, but there's not much um, accountability that goes on. So anyway, he commits four convictions. He leaves the country and then re-enters illegally, and then he is caught without his DACA card, and he is sent back. Um, now... There's been conflicting reporting about this. What we know, though, is that he had four convictions. And he's a criminal, and he shouldn't be in here. So even though President Trump hasn't said, go after every single legal immigrant, because he said, go after the criminal illegal aliens that are MS-13 gang members, murderers, rapists, drug dealers, you know, they sell opioids to your kids, heroin, and all of that. And they're making a lot of money on it. And the money is going over to Mexico, to Guatemala, to El Salvador, where MS-13 is. Uh, and Honduras and other countries in Latin America. And it just is what it is. So you commit a crime, whether you're under DACA or you're a U.S. citizen, you pay the price. And if you're in here illegally, number one, and they commit a crime, number two, goodbye. You don't belong here. You know, you come here, you're supposed to love our country. I couldn't imagine going to another country and then committing a crime. First of all, I wouldn't commit a crime anyway. But going to another country and committing a crime in someone else's country. It, it, it just, I don't get why you would come here for our American values, for our freedom, and then commit four and be convicted four times on crimes. Now, so that police officer died in France today. In Seattle... Two police officers were shot with one suspect dead and one, one in custody. Police were involved in a shooting around 1.30 p.m. in Seattle and attempted robbery at, 7, at a 7-11 there. Uh, two officers were shot after fighting with suspects. One officer is in serious but stable condition. The other is in satisfactory condition, uh, according to the local paper in Seattle uh, citing. Two suspects involved have been detained. One was found dead inside the building. Uh, there was initially uh, said to be a third suspect, but it seems like they've been uh, backing off of that. Seattle PD tweeted that uh, they, uh, they are, again, investigating a possible uh, third suspect. They were responding to a robbery in downtown Seattle. God bless these police officers. Seriously. Um, God bless them. Um, it's a hard job, and they had to, uh, and they're being targeted whether it be from radical Islamists or our own country. We can't even put out a, a freaking Pepsi commercial without, you know, the hands of, that, that, that thanks our police officers without uh, moral outrage. And you know how I feel about that. I had to speak up and tell a professor, uh, listen, okay, there's nothing controversial about handing a soda to a police officer. I think people, people are way oversensitive, and more on that later. Um, now, a couple of FBI stories later as well, but there is, in terms of uh, terrorism, 
There is a Senate leader, uh, Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, chairman of the Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, is saying that he is investigating in, uh, into whether the FBI knew about a planned attack by ISIS-inspired terrorists at an anti-Muslim cartoon show in the Dallas area and did nothing to stop it. Uh, so he is investigating what's investigate the FBI um, because they were telling two terrorists, Elton Simpson and Nadir Sufti, uh, both in their 30s, um, and an agent was just steps away when the pair jumped from their car and began shooting at police guarding the uh, Draw Muhammad event at the Curtis Colwell Center in the Dallas suburb of Garland, Texas. So the FBI was right on their butts, and the terrorists, who pledged allegiance in the Islamic State, um, killed... Uh, or, well, shot an unarmed security guard, excuse me, uh, in the leg before snipers uh, killed the terrorists. So they could have possibly thwarted the FBI's, what Ron Johnson is saying, that they were undercover, they had informants, they had affidavits revealing where these terrorists were headed, that they knew everything, and they did nothing to stop this terrorist attack from happening. What is going on with the FBI? How come we're not... I mean, listen, 9-11, we screwed up. Because the CIA, who had told Bill Clinton, who was too busy having sex with Monica Lewinsky, they told him that 9-11 was coming. And he did nothing. And then it fell on George W. Bush's lap. Because he just wanted to ride out on his last term. And then the responses from Hollywood... Okay, you have Josh Fox, whoever the hell that is, Hollywood filmmaker, apparently, says, we should fight ISIS with love. Oh, we should hug ISIS. Fox writes in the tweets, love stops hate, bombings only create more ISIS. This is what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Okay, so when you have radical Islamists who will not just use guns, they will use trucks. They will use knives. They will use everything. But the common denominator being their ideology, which is a hateful ideology, and we're going to kill hate with love, really? I say bomb the you-know-what out of them because that'll kill them and then they can't live on to do anything else. But no, atrocity, this is what he says, atrocity, murder, abomination. When will we learn that only love stops hate? And bombings only create more ISIS. This is after the Afghanistan thing. He says, love your enemy. Don't create more of them. Teachers, diplomacy, culture, and aid helps peace. Bombs don't. You know, ideally, there would be no evil in this world. But unfortunately, there is. The only way to defeat evil is to kill evil. Love does not stop. Um, all right, when we come back, the biggest joke, it's unbelievable. Um... So when we come back, we will talk about uh, a possible mole in the CIA and what they're investigating to find out who is leaking to WikiLeaks. Plus, Senator Elizabeth Warren, she is on The View. This is Elizabeth Warren. I call her Goofy. <laughs> well, Goofy, Pocahontas, whatever you want to call her. Well, she has some comments to make and still not taking responsibility for what happened in the past election, and she's also pretty sexist. More on that on the Neil A. Christmas Show podcast as we roll along. Follow Neil A. Crusoe on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram to never miss the important news without the filter of the media. The Neil A. Crusoe Show podcast. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. I'm not. M2. I'm not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Indoor baseball, anyone? 
Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update! I'm gonna let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. Making the connection and making the difference. I'm appreciating where you're not from, but it helps a lot of people, not only myself. Neely Crusoe is on the air to serve you, the American people. Log on to NeelyCrusoe.com so you never miss your real deal news and subscribe to the Neely Crusoe Show podcast on iTunes. Neil connects the dots and cuts the red tape so you stay one step ahead of everyone else. The Neely Crusoe Show podcast. All right, we are back on this Thursday, April 20th. Uh, so, apparently there is a potential mole in the CIA. Uh, now, we have been talking about the story, about the unmasking, about the political uh, intentions to bring down President Trump. Uh, there have been some stories uh, not confirmed. I can't really uh, decide not to discuss it because there's just a lot of... Uh, a lot of things that I want to confirm first, but, you know, I have been suspicious of the former CIA director, uh, John Brennan, uh, under Obama, and there have been some stories out there, and I'm, again, not sure if they're 100% uh, real or not, but I just want to allude to it in context with this story that he potentially was seeking to uh, help Hillary Clinton and that he secretly wanted to be uh, Hillary Clinton's CIA director. Um, remember Attorney General Loretta Lynch, or former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who was on the plane with Bill Clinton. Well, she was offered by Hillary to be her uh, Attorney General if she won. So a lot of games going on in Intel, and unfortunately, and I've been very critical of intelligence when it comes to the bureaucracy in Washington, frankly, what if the CIA and the FBI and all of them, now I understand they have to talk to the president, but what if they were not based near Washington, D.C., that they were based, that their home base was in New York City, or their home base was in Texas somewhere, or in Alabama, or the Panhandle? I mean, in all seriousness, the fact that they're involved with political actors is what's wrong. That's exactly the problem is that intelligence has become political. So the CIA now is reporting, is searching for a traitor inside their own spy agency. It was revealed that the saboteur who handed a trove of documents to WikiLeaks in March potentially works for the government. So now here, and there have been some stories now, there's a diversion going on. And I'll give you that diversion and then I'm going to tell you the real news. Okay, the diversion is that, um, and now it may very well be true, but I don't think it's the real story because there's a lot going on, especially with intelligence and the unmasking of names, and that investigation is still ongoing. And remember, we connected the dots for you. President Trump was surveilled by the Obama administration, and they used that dossier. They used the, uh, the baseless dossier that alleged that Trump peed on a bed, okay? This is how outrageous it was. Uh, they use that to hide behind um, that uh, that to get the FISA warrant. So CNN reported this that James Comey cited the FBI director who's got to go cited the dossier that only BuzzFeed reported on because not even the New York Times, okay, not only the Washington Post, okay, none of them reported on it because it was so outrageous and so baseless. So apparently the FBI director thought that it had some uh, had some realistic use that to get a FISA warrant, which, um, as I told you from speaking to a former FBI agent, 
it's very plausible to get a FISA warrant just based on saying it's for national security. It's almost a rubber stamp to get a FISA warrant. So it's not hard at all. And so apparently Comey hid behind that. The CIA, former CIA Director John Brennan, FBI Director James Comey, the former or the current NSA director as well, Michael Rogers, and um, uh, who else was there? Um, but basically the core intelligence, right? They're the ones that brief the president. CIA, FBI, NSA, right? Well, they are in now looking within their own ranks in Washington. Now, listen, I uh, totally, you know, I am a, big promoter and supporter of law enforcement, especially the men and women on the ground who do the majority of the work. But these people that have become political figures like James Comey, well, it seems like, and actually the FBI have launched an investigation too, to find now the mole, a potential mole that is in the government, um, that is leaking. So what they're saying is the reports today, well, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange may be extradited and taken in for arrest. And uh, they may prosecute him. To me, that's a diversion. Now, what's the real story? You are fake news. The real story is that there is somebody, a leaking problem, that intelligence has become so political and they think it is their moral duty to leak it, that they will do everything and anything to undermine our president. Okay, now leaking occurred under Obama and it occurred under Bush. But it's never occurred like this before where the news that is being leaked out is so damaging to not only President Trump, but, and listen, they can't find anything on him anyway, because if they did, he'd be impeached by now because they're all calling for his impeachment. I mean, Representative Maxine Waters has said she won't sleep until Trump gets impeached. Anyway, um, so what does this all mean? It means that there is there is a, um, a person, a mole, in the government that is that should be prosecuted for espionage okay you have a traitor potentially within the CIA or the FBI um, that gave top secret documents to WikiLeaks okay you can't blame WikiLeaks and then you know the funny part is is that what the media doesn't realize here because they hate WikiLeaks because WikiLeaks published all of the stuff which uh, from Hillary Clinton, that, listen, anyone could have gotten, even if Russia handed it to them, it was on a, a, a legally used private email server. It was not secure, and Comey said any foreign entity could have accessed her information. Just by that means, she should have been indicted. Now, not to bring Hillary up, but it's all related here, and it's all intertwined, and I hate talking about Hillary, because I couldn't give a damn about her, but we have to talk about it, okay? Because they're all related here. What the media doesn't realize is that because they hate WikiLeaks so much, because they ruined, or, you know, they, they released information that was so damaging to Hillary and showed that the DNC rigged things for, for Bernie over Hillary, um, that they think that this is a win, that WikiLeaks, that, um, they're making it such a big thing that Assange is going to be uh, is going to be extra, extradited, prosecuted, will be sent to jail for the rest of his life, be the end of WikiLeaks. Fantastic. Well, the problem is all of these news organizations like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, all of them thrive on leaked material. They all have their own moles in government. So... If, they're, if they think this is great, well, that just means that there will be no more leaks in the media. And by the way, the intelligence community yesterday in, uh, made a move to make sure that um, operatives are separated from the media. There's going to be less media access in certain areas of intelligence. And listen, that's warranted. I think the best intelligence reporter, by the way, is Catherine Herridge of Fox News. She is so smart. I'm going to try to get her on. She is so smart and intelligent. And she does a fantastic job over there at Fox. All facts. No ideology. And also, if there's something that would ruin, that would hurt, potentially hurt the United States, she sits on it. She's not going to say, yeah, Trump's going to launch an attack on Syria before it happens. 
and that's the way it should be. You gotta have loyalty to your country. So listen, there's a mole in government. We know it. We see all the leaks, and the leaks they go to the media. The media loves it, but when it's not them, when it's a uh, WikiLeaks, they flip out. Here's the deal: no one should be leaking anything. Leaking is a felony punishable of up to 10 years in prison. We need to enforce that. We need to stop leaking dangerous, sensitive information, especially when you have North Korea looking to launch a missile on Hawaii. Nuclear. When you have Iran who is sponsoring terrorism and using billions of dollars that Barack Hussein Obama gave them, they're using that to fund terrorism. And when you have Russia and you have um, Hezbollah and all these other nations that support terrorism that are allowing radical Islamists into our country through immigration, through refugees, enough with the leaking. We need to buckle down and support the country here. We need to realize that our national security is at stake. You know, um, and enough with the political correctness. We have to call it for what it is. We have to call an ace and ace. And if there's a mole leaking from the government, prosecute him. Because you're you're playing with fire literally. Um, speaking of North Korea, by the way, uh, the View, remember them? You know all these bickering people. Uh, they well. Then Elizabeth Warren on, and well, you know, President Trump is so vile, you know, he just really is. You have a, a leaker from the CIA, but you know, our president, who's created a lot of jobs and, you know, a lot of optimism in this country, he's worse than a than the North Korean dictator. Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren, and so basically, what is going on with Korea? Because oh, Lord. Kim Jong Il do. Why call Kim Jong Yum Yum? Yum Yum. Um, we call them Yum Yum here. They make no. They make only armament. They just make things, bombs and stuff. What What should be happening, and why isn't it happening? Okay. So we know that he is an unstable man mm -hmm. who has nuclear weapons. You're talking about Trump now. <laughs> <laughs> about to deal with an unstable man who has nuclear weapons what could possibly go wrong <laughs> you're so funny i mean seriously um this is where we're at that uh and you can see this joke coming a mile away it's like you know uh it, it's a slam dunk for them to make this kind of ignorant dangerous joke i mean imagine the outrage that would be if i or somebody else said that um obama compare obama to kim jong-un imagine the outrage now you know we have evidence that the obama administration was spying on trump we have evidence on a political adversary we have evidence that he changed the rules around and used executive power um unnecessarily and overstepped his bounds we have evidence, okay, that he sent 20%, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton plays a part in this too, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, sent 20% of American uranium to Russia. <laughs> and that builds nuclear weapons. We have evidence that he sent billions of dollars in cash in a cargo plane to Iran, which funds terrorism. And I'm not saying... Anything like Obama is a terrorist or Obama is uh, um, is anything but not a good president. And um, these policies and these moves make you scratch your head. But if you call him Kim Jong-un, the outrage would be unbelievable. But here we're having a good laugh because, yeah, you know, whatever. Now, Elizabeth Warren, who writes a book about fighting, okay? And this is about, this is what she talks about in terms of that why she came late in the game for Hillary and, you know, maybe some regrets there when, you know, Hillary was the worst candidate in history. We know of all the, you know, using a private email server illegally, of sending the money to, uh, t uh money, 20% uh, uranium to Russia, 
of um, uh, we have uh, the Clinton Foundation and uh, selling access to the State Department. Uh, we have Benghazi and lying about that. Uh, we have her lying about being under sniper fire in Bosnia. I can go on. But anyway, they still are so disbelief. We're 91 days into Trump presidency. And we're still in disbelief. Fear is goofy Pocahontas. We all have a lot of regrets, but my biggest regret is that Donald Trump is president yeah, of the United that's States, right. period. That's it. And that is where we are. That is where we are today. So the question is not woulda, coulda, shoulda. The question is, what are we going to do today and tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month? And I know we'll talk more about the book, but I'll tell you, that is the reason I wrote this book. And that's why the title of this book is This Fight is Our Fight. Because it tells the story about what happened, but most of all, it sounds the alarm and says, here's how you can get in. Make this fight your fight. Because ultimately, we don't, Democrats don't have the votes in the House. We don't have the votes in the Senate. It's going to take the people getting engaged to hold Donald Trump accountable. A new book that was out yesterday reveals that Bernie Sanders refused to say I'm with her during one of the campaign commercials and it ended up not running. And I know some criticism was directed your way as well that you and Bernie kind of offered your support late in the game. I know you said it's not a woulda, coulda, shoulda, but sometimes you think you could have, something could have been different if you guys had jumped in and helped yeah. earlier? I, I don't actually understand that. We had a real primary going on in the Democratic Party. Right. We had right. people on both sides. Yeah. And Bernie offered a vision. Hillary offered a somewhat different vision. They gave their different arguments for it. And to take Bernie out of that race early, are you kidding me? Bernie has shown where the progressive energy of this party is. Also, he was connecting and to the voters. You bet. You bet. Yes. And look, once it was clear how that primary was going to be resolved, I got in and I busted my tail to try to help her get elected. And I wish it had worked. God dang, I wish it had worked. Okay. The primary was not real. It was fake. It was rigged. We know that. They gave questions to Hillary Clinton before a debate. They did everything. The DNC, as revealed by WikiLeaks, rigged the primary so that Hillary could win and Bernie was the jerk loser, okay? And frankly, in a way, I'm glad he lost because he's a socialist 74-year-old, okay, who complains and whines and all this crap and everyone's out to get us and all, you know, the billionaires... When they frankly run the country, and without them, we would have no economic growth. But, you know, he doesn't see the people sifting through garbage in Venezuela. Um, and the, the socialist dictatorship there. And so he's closed-minded, and he inspires all these young people that believe capitalism is bad. The primary was rigged against him. And, you know, uh, I mean, and, and there was a real primary? I mean— Seriously? And they're all talk, no action. If you realize that, um, you, I mean, they talk such a big game, we got to fight, we got to fight. President Trump had a fight. He had everything against him. He had all these, you know, all these people trying to destroy him and still trying to destroy him with any allegation that they can make. And this is the core thing between uh, snowflakes and normal people is if you really believe and if you know that you were um, a victim in some way, okay? Now, the Democrats, they want you, or liberals, I should say, want you to be a victim because then they can use you. You know, they want um, in Chicago uh, the turmoil that's going on because then they're going to keep getting your votes because, well, it's a Republican's fault. They want to withdraw this and blah, blah, blah. And you listen to Warren and she says, well, Republicans are such bad people. They're evil. They want to take away your money. They want to take away grandma's social security. That's not true. They just want a free market approach to it. They want government to be hands off our wallets. Because government ruins things. But, you know, Sarah Palin said today, you know, women talking about sexual harassment, uh, which is, listen, anyone that's, that uh, I tend to believe people that accuse others of sexual harassment. I get it. 
I don't know what to believe a lot of times, though, because when you have high-profile people and they get paid off, you'll wonder, what's the motivation? Are you really are you really doing it for the money? You know, maybe, because seriously, the culture that we live in with these snowflakes, and I know I'm going to get killed for this, but the culture that we live in with these snowflakes is if you just say a compliment, if you tell someone they look pretty, they flip out on you. I'm not making this up. And then you're being, you know, you're sexually harassing them because if they don't like your advances. I don't know why people have to whine and everything. But Sarah Palin said, listen, women being harassed should do something. They shouldn't just stick around for a paycheck. That's what that's a quote from Sarah Palin. Listen, in anything, if you believe you're a victim in some way, fight to it. But don't then just say, oh, well, I got what I wanted. So, you know, it's, it's all cool. Now, meanwhile, in terms of sexism, listen to this sexist rhetoric from Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, Republicans are sexist. This is a little, little known secret, or maybe a well-known secret. We have women's dinner, and we don't, we don't invite those other guys. So the difference, <laughs> the difference is not who's a Democrat and who's a Republican. The difference is uh, the girls are getting together. And when we do, now we really try to make this not about politics mm -hmm. as politics, but that's when you get a chance that you do get to talk about your values. Right. And you do get to talk about kind of how you try to be there for each other. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I really admire Susan Collins truly stood up yeah. on She's the question yeah. of She's Betsy DeVos. Yeah. Yes. She very much yeah. is. And Lisa Murkowski, yes. Yes. man, she waded into that and said, look, I cannot vote for a Secretary of Education who does not believe in public education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. God bless. Right? Yeah. So we're there. So we're is here. the key to try to get more is the key to try to get more women involved? In how about how about get more women in the Senate? That's yeah. what yeah. we yeah. need. Oh, but only women that agree with you. That oh well these Republican women, you know, just these few because they agree with us on one thing. You know, they're, they're fine, okay? But anyone else, they're villains, okay? So this, this is the, you know, and we're, we're, we meet with women because screw those guys. So, you, you know, you hear the rhetoric. They're the ones that are hateful. You know, Bruce Springsteen writes a song now this week about uh, uh, rhyming uh, uh, Trump and hate and all this crap. It's a terrible song. I probably won't listen to Bruce Springsteen again. I'm a Billy Joel guy anyway. But guy writes a song, okay, and it's sad to hear that we have to deal with all this crap that we can't just... Because if anyone wrote that about Obama, there would be so much outrage. Oh, God, and I can write a lot of songs. But, you know, it's just... It's really sad. It really is. They have someone that, uh, you know, like Elizabeth Warren, who could be really someone who says, listen, we got to buckle up. we got to stand for something. You know, the DNC and Tom Perez... They're cursing and they're yelling and hooting and hollering. And it's the Republicans' fault. No, you just have no message. Okay, but there's a lot of stuff going on. And there really needs to be, uh, you know, there needs to be some consensus. We need to support our country. It just comes down to that. So, uh, we will continue as always doing our part to make America great again. We will make America great again. Back tomorrow with the Friday podcast show on Sunday. Everybody, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the podcast. God bless you, and God bless America. The Neil A. Caruso Show podcast is a production of Caruso Enterprises. Engaging, informing, and entertaining. Passion-driven, factual content that makes a difference following Neil A. Caruso on social media. And log on to neilacaruso.com to sign up for Caruso's comments, newsletters, and be the first to know.